Welcome back to another edition of the Daily Disruptor. I'm your host, Adam Burnett, and with me is Ephraim Hoffman, founder and CEO of Running Alpha. Today, we're going to be discussing in depth the advantages of gold and silver ETFs, the difference between junior and senior miners, and which stocks to keep an eye on in the coming months. And remember, this isn't investment advice, but rather objective and educational insights that you can share with your advisor to guide your strategy during these disruptive times. Enjoy. We've been talking about precious metals, gold and silver, for almost the entire duration of this podcast thus far. And there seems to be even more opportunity ahead. So what is the catalyst? Why are we talking about this today? Well, one of the main reasons why we're talking about it today, even though we've been talking about gold and silver for a while, uh, that they were going to have um, a tremendous rally, and they have, but the rally has been very, very divided. Some stocks performing exceptionally well, and some stocks in the overall market not performing to the degree that people would expect them to. The names that we suggested have been performing above the market on a consistent basis. But the reason why it's important to focus on today is because I'm looking at this ratio, which is basically the junior silver miners ratio to the gold juniors. And when silver starts outperforming gold, especially in the junior miners space, that indicates that there's going to be mass speculation and the retail trader coming on board. Now, yes, I understand that if the retail trader comes on board and they're the last ones in, that could be a sign that this move is over. And I could assure you to some degree that that's not what I'm seeing at all, that this move is just getting started on the retail front and it's not even over in terms of the smart money. There's still lots of money that has been hiding out in the bond market and equity market that still has to find a place home in other sectors and also money that needs to find a way home to protect against deflation and future inflationary forces due to all of the money printing and monetization going on around the world. So right now, I'm basically looking at the SILJ, which is the junior silvers, and I'm putting up a chart. So I'm taking SILJ divided by GDXJ, which is the junior golds. And what I'm seeing is that the junior silvers are going to be outperforming the junior golds, or at least performing as well. And that's telling me that there is a significant sign of growth ahead. The other thing is that juniors are usually the last ones to actually have a persistent kind of a move, partly because it takes a lot of, uh, let's put it this way, there's not a lot of capital available in the junior miners in order to support their operations. So the cost of production could be significantly higher than that of some of the seniors. So a lot of the times you'll have senior gold companies going up first and then juniors following. If juniors don't follow the seniors, 
then it could just be that it, it's just because of, you know, operational adjustments and not necessarily the beginning of a new underlying bull market in the commodity. But when you start seeing juniors outperforming, it usually starts happening uh, in, in, in a situation where the price of gold and silver has gone above a certain threshold such that management is confident and that the general public is confident that the future increase in the value of gold and silver is going to more than offset the cost of production and therefore the earnings per share increase quarter to quarter could substantially rise relative to previous quarters. And because markets are forward-looking mechanisms, they usually start anticipating that early and acquire shares. So in that sense, that's a good reason why we've recently seen those kind of stocks move higher. Now, does it look like silver is primed to outperform gold? In terms of uh, silver outperforming gold, yes. I do believe the silver bullion itself is going to outperform gold significantly. I could easily make the case that the next move up in silver as this uh, unfolds over the uh, months ahead and even beyond that is $26 for silver, which is enormous considering that the price of silver is pretty, pretty low. Uh, right now, when I put the ratio up, for silver to gold. So I'm basically putting in silver divided by gold. And right now I'm seeing a very, the ratio is exceptionally low. I'm seeing 0.01. It's extremely low. And it appears as if that ratio, the silver to gold ratio has been at one of the lowest in history. And I believe it's finally going to play catch up to gold. So even though gold is going to go substantially higher. And one of the signals for gold going higher is proof that silver and gold want to both move up together. It just happens to be that silver will outperform gold and silver equities will outperform silver and junior silver equities will outperform the senior silver equities. Actually, there's one silver equity that we talked about a while back. And actually, on one of the shows, uh, we actually talked about Wheaton Precious Metals. We talked about Wheaton uh, WPM on April 7th when we aired our episode 5. So actually, we recorded that episode uh, previous to that, but it aired on April 7th. And the, and the thing is that what's interesting about Wheaton Precious Metals is that it's both a gold and a silver company. They started off, they were used to be called Silver Wheaton, and then they changed their, their name to Wheaton Precious Metals because they started getting involved in you know more than just silver because silver was underperforming gold for a number of years. So they wanted to find ways of financing deals and getting streaming cash flow for future production and they did that with gold miners when they were more profitable than silver miners. And because of that, they have some nice diversification. And the fact that they're a streaming company and not directly involved in digging gold and silver out of the ground, but actually financing other silver and gold companies that require capital to get it out of the ground 
And in exchange for that capital, they pay them a streaming flow out of their future uh, production. So even so, they don't really have the the geopolitical risks or the mining risks of like trying to build a mine and then something happens in the mine and then they have to close it down. And they're they're continuing to get some really good deal flow. And now that things are picking up in the space, usually what happens when gold and silver start really um, firing up on all cylinders, a lot of the the junior and (laughs) sub-junior, micro-junior companies kind of get all over it because then it becomes profitable. Just like in the oil sector, when oil was getting to crazy levels a number of years ago, you had so many new players enter the space because they knew it would be expensive to extract the oil. But as long as the prices were super high, it would be profitable enough. And that's how you got the shale revolution. But now with the idea that silver is now coming to the fore and it's kind of in the early phases, kind of reminds me of when oil way back when oil was trading at 10 bucks before it went to that hundred dollars. And this is kind of where we are right now in silver. I could even make the case that silver has a bigger way to go, but I like looking at things incrementally and just so incrementally. We're at the beginning phase of a secular bull market in silver relative to gold and also relative to non-hard assets. So that would basically mean if I was to look at a ratio chart of silver to the S&P 500, which is an equity index, or if I put gold relative to the, the equity index, or if I put gold miners or silver miners relative to the equity index, you're going to see over the coming years, in general, gold and especially silver will outperform the S&P. And that doesn't mean there's not going to be specific sectors, like some of the sectors we talked about in our previous shows, like companies like NVIDIA, companies like Skywork Solutions, companies that are involved in the 5G space and biotechnology. Yes, on an individual special situation basis, yes, they can outperform gold. But as a broad market index and a sector bet, uh, it appears that silver is going to be shining. And it just happens to be that wheat and precious metals that is at the intersection of silver and gold and in a very interesting way in the streaming space, it's just an incredible opportunity to participate in exposure to both markets and you know since uh, april it's run up quite a bit so right now it's uh trading at 46.20 and back in april when we talked about it around 29 april 7th and this is just when it was airing so on the on the when we actually talked about it on the 6th or before it was under 29 yeah so that's like a, a 58.6 percent rally uh, in, in that short period of time. And this is not a small, you know, uh, company in the space. This is definitely a, quite a viable enterprise. So, and this is even before the big retail money is going to be coming in. So we're about to embark on a whole new phase. Certainly, it would be nice, you know, if investors actually bought in back when we first talked about it. But, you know, sometimes people say, oh, is it too late? And the answer is, Sometimes it is too late. In this case, it's not. But it's important to understand the risk levels because 
you want to know what is the logical area that if this thing is going to continue higher, that it would come down to before it continues higher. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to come down to the level. It just means that if it is a super, super strong equity, then this, this would be an area that would maintain that strength as opposed to getting below it. If it got below it, does it make it a weaker equity? Absolutely not. It just means that if you were to look at it over a period of 100 or 200 samples, you would find that on the majority of the samples, it, it wouldn't go below that point. So if you consistently traded a strategy around those levels, it would end up being more profitable than not trading around those levels. So what is the level? And right now, Wheaton Precious Metals closed today at 46.20, uh, made a local high at 9.30 in the morning, as many of the stocks did today, at $47.15. And just looking at some support areas here, it appears that there's an area of support at $41. There's an area of support at $44. And there's an area of support at $45.57. So depending on what time frame trader you are, those levels could mean a lot to you. But I guess the main point I'm trying to make here is that any one of those levels I just talked about are very, very small in terms of the pullbacks relative to where I actually see the potential for Wheaton Precious Metals. So I'll, so in terms of the potential for Wheaton Precious Metals, I could easily make the case that this stock wants to go substantially higher into this fall. And I mean, it's got legs way longer than that. It's just that you could be in basically a hot hand kind of effect, meaning a consecutive. If you kind of look at this, it's been a relentless rally since that low in March. Every single like week of trading has been up. It's like a vertical, you know, it's vertical. So it's like stocks don't go to the moon vertically, but this is one stock that outside of a few bars that may be, you know, smaller, whatever, on balance, they could become a lot more vertical as time continues on, especially as we pass through the summer months into from now into October and then and beyond. And basically what I see is a potential for this stock uh, to actually uh, double even from here. So I would have a core position in this stock and basically add to it on pullbacks. So if it pulled back for whatever reason to those levels I talked about, I would incrementally build a position. Or if you're not in the market and you just want to just watch the market go up, you could watch it go up or you could buy at those levels. I just want to just uh, recap that the purpose of this show is not to give investment advice. It's to provide financial market intelligence so that you could take everything that you know, bring it together so that you could add context to what you're investing in and also even share this information with your financial advisor so that they could suggest what's most appropriate for your portfolio. But you must remember that, you know, there's risk in investments. But as a, as a professional uh, trader, I could tell you that this is what I would be doing, but I'm certainly not going to tell you what you need to be doing, but you should consider this. So, yeah, so a double would be nice for sure. But more importantly, when I compare Wheaton Precious Metals to other senior silver companies 
that are in the in the uh, silver space, Wheaton seems like the best bet. It's been one of the best outperformers and likely will continue to outperform. So when silver goes up, Wheaton should outperform almost everything in the senior space. Do you have any other suggestions? Well, there there are some in the uh, in the junior space that are are very interesting, but I do believe that for such upside potential and and such a quality name, I think this would be the one that you should focus on in the silver uh, in the silver space as a senior. In terms of the gold space, one of my favorites, which is a South African uh, gold miner, is uh, DRD Gold. And this one usually does tremendously well in bull markets. And to me, this is like one of the best leading indicators that a bull market is about to light up. And I could easily make the case that from now well into the spring of next year that uh, DRD Gold is going to be one of the top performing senior gold companies and not just senior, could just be across the board. I mean, I wouldn't exactly, I mean, I, I call it senior compared to some of the small names in the gold space. It's not any, it's, it's not a senior in terms of like something like a Barrick or a Newmont at all. The market cap on this one is $839 million. Okay, but if you compare it to some of the names that have the potential of this one, they're going to be much smaller, some of these other companies. So they have income right now of $24.8 million. That's one of the reasons why I, I, I like the fact that they have income of $24.8 million. Earnings per share this year is expected to increase by about 650%. That's just what people are talking about. A lot of people always talk about these great increases, but... If it's already built into the expectation of the market, it doesn't mean anything. I believe, based on everything that this intelligence is showing us, that I can make the case that DRD Gold is could easily quadruple from these levels. But what's less important than the exact target price is that it's likely to outperform comparable securities in its space and it's and also once we get to the period where the time is up then we'll have another episode and we'll suggest an area where hey either you should be looking to add to the position or lighten up the position but we're just in the beginning phases and in terms of you know initially the signal came in at about five bucks and normal retracements given the size of the move uh, is it's currently $10, so $8, $7 would be completely normal in a strong bull market, okay? But looking at near-term activity, if I was to go down on a really, really, a much shorter-term time frame, $9.15, $8.07 are the intermediate-term areas where buyers are resting, any other areas that are higher than that are reserved for premium subscribers as the trades unfold. But all I could say is given the upside to the downside and the fact that we're about to go through a massive run over the next few months here and beyond, holding a core position in this name relative as a relative performer, an absolute performer, looks like the thing that I would be doing. So that's that's kind of what I see in the uh, 
in the gold and silver space. Anything else you wanted to touch on? I think in a nutshell, you know, you're going to hear a lot of people talking about gold and silver in the coming uh, days. Some people are, you know, are focusing on areas like uh, 1,780 to 1,800 area on gold is some key levels. Sometimes what happens when you break those levels, by the time they get to those levels, because we've come from a much lower area, you, you could get a small pullback. But if you're not aware of where the upside is and where the potential downside is, it really doesn't mean much of anything. So I'm just going to put a, a few key levels for gold bullion that you should be paying attention to. And I may only provide you that intelligence for silver. <laughs> the reason why is because the gold market is not as strong as the silver market. And I always like looking at the market like as a leading indicator. I like looking at the market that's stronger to give me an indication of where it's moving. So I'm just going to go to silver right now and just key off of silver because if silver starts outperforming and even if gold is up, even if it's not outperforming, it's a sign that gold is going to continue to perform. So silver really is the controller of the market going forward is the way I see it. And looking at silver, there's multiple levels of support. Okay, so one level of support is at... Uh, $16.85. We're currently at $17.26. And I'm looking at silver spot market prices here. And another level of support happens to be at $15.74 is the longer term support. So that's kind of the area where we broke out. So we kind of broke out on silver back in uh, around May 14th in the, in the $15.80 area. So sometimes what happens in a market especially if it's about to explode. Sometimes you get these wild retests of the breakout level and then it just gets rid of all the weak hands and the big institutions come in and then before you know it, in a, in a few days, it makes brand new highs. Don't get suckered into that. Have resting orders down there to add to, to silver in the event something like that happens. Right now, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks as if the higher levels are going to hold. So the smart thing to do is to have a core position now and add in in the 1680s area if it was to go there. If it doesn't go there, then you at least you have your core position. If it goes there, you have a little more. And then have that wild order out at the breakout point. And, and this way, you would have pyramided into the position and reduced your cost structure. And, and you know, for people that you know, are nervous about silver and gold and they're waiting for certain levels to break out because they're used to there's certain strategies confirming. Let's just imagine that you weren't involved in the market and let's say in, in the coming days, silver pops from 17 to 19. Let's make that case. It happens much quicker than some people think and it goes to 19 bucks. Is it too late to get in? No, we're going to have follow-up episodes because this is, we know this is going to be a very important area for people to defend themselves against their wealth as all this money printing goes on and the, and the dollar gets devalued in terms of what it could buy. And it's not just the U.S. dollar, but all currencies around the world that are fiat currencies are going to be devalued. So as good as silver is in U.S. dollars, it's doing much better in a lot of other currencies that are underperforming relative to the U.S. So... Even if it got to 
there's going to be areas for you to get in where there won't be much downside and you could still follow the market up as it pushes toward interim target of $26. So that's kind of what I see here. Hey guys, thanks for listening. So this podcast is for information purposes only. It's not intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for actual investment advice.